Good afternoon. We're glad you're able to join with us in our open-air witness that we're having this week from Buchanan Street in the centre of Glasgow. We're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing. We're a local congregation. We minister in the Partick area. But we do try to come out once a week, if we can, with an a open-air witness. One week we tend to be on Buchanan Street. The next week we hope to be at Partick Station. And we're very glad you're able to join with us. We have others here who are handing out gospel tracts. We would be very glad if you would take one. It's very possible that you're not able to read it at the moment, but put it in your pocket, and when you have a minute or two, please uh, read it. It's got our contact details and information on it, and we do provide our contact details in order that you might know that we are genuine, we're local, we're a Scottish registered charity. We're not fly-by-night cowboys, we're not charlatans, we minister in Glasgow and we want you to know these things in order, in order that you may want to make contact with us. And we give you an invitation, it may well be that you don't have a, a Bible, believe it or not it can be quite difficult to get a Bible in Glasgow these days. But if you don't have a Bible and you wish to read the Bible, then please make yourself known to us and we'll endeavor to get you a copy of the Scriptures. Because all that we seek to say to you is in tune with the Scriptures. And in fact, we would urge you to check up with what has been said to see that it complies with the Word of God. Because... The Bible is God's Word. We know that other religions claim to have their holy books. But there's no book like the Bible. It is absolutely unique. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And when it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, it literally means it has been breathed out. The words have been breathed out of the mouth of God. And God is a God who communicates he made us, he formed us at the beginning, and throughout the centuries he has been revealing his will to us. And today in the 21st century, we have God's complete and final revelation to us. In the Bible, what we have, we have everything that God wants us to know about life, about death, about heaven, about hell, about sin, about salvation, or the way to be saved, and the way to live your life in order that God might be able to welcome you into heaven at the end. 
And therefore, friends, we urge you to study your Bibles, to read your Bibles. And you might say to yourself, well, I find the Bible quite difficult to read. Well, there are certain sections that are difficult to read and to understand. But that's not surprising when you consider that it is the Word of God. Do you expect it to be like the Beano or the Dandy? Friends, it's the Word of God. And therefore there will be difficult things in it. But we urge you to begin to read maybe in the New Testament, in the book of Mark, a Gospel of Mark, or maybe the Gospel according to John. And as you read that you might ask God to reveal himself to you. In fact, there are two prayers that you should offer up when you read the Bible or indeed when you pray at all. The first is, reveal to me myself. You're asking God to reveal what you really are like. Because the truth is, we don't really know what we're like. We have an opinion of ourselves, and very often that opinion is not accurate at all. And therefore we should pray that God would reveal to us what we are truly like in His sight. And the next prayer is very similar. We should ask that God might reveal Himself to us. And once we have an understanding of what we're like, and further, when we have an understanding of what God is like, then, friends, I'll tell you, you will see your need of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when God reveals the kind of person that we truly are, we will be afraid to go near God when, we, when He reveals the person that He is. Because there's a tremendous gulf and there's a tremendous contrast between man and God. Man is sinful. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's a picture of your heart. That's a description of your heart this afternoon the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it we don't know our own hearts we don't know our own persons we don't really know what we're like and the Bible has to reveal it to us and God does that by his word and spirit and when we read the Bible and when we accept the Bible's teaching then friends we will see our need of Jesus Christ. Then we will run to Him. And that's why we ask that you, that you pray this prayer. Lord, reveal myself to myself. And then, that the Lord might reveal Himself to you. That you would see how holy and how pure and undefiled God is. And then you will be aware of the contrast. And then you will wonder and you will be amazed about the love of God. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. There, friends, in that two verses that we find in John chapter 3, what do we find? We find the love of God has been expressed. And God has revealed his love in sending forth Jesus Christ. Did you notice that verse? We can read it and sometimes we don't wonder the words. For God so loved. It's not that just God loved. But for God so loved the world. There we see the depth and the extent of God's love. He didn't send an angel. Or he didn't send a legion of angels. Who did he send to rectify man's greatest problem? He sent his only begotten son. He sent the son of God. That's the love that God has for mankind. He sent the highest possible person that he could. There's no greater individual that he could have sent to this world to undertake a tremendous task. He sent his only begotten son. And surely this reminds us then, or surely it teaches us about the great love that God has towards fallen mankind. And does it not tell us about the great love of the Savior? Yes, friends, the Christian God, the God of the Bible, is a God who loves sinners and who not only loves them in words, he loves them in deeds. He proves it by what he has done. And the Son of God has taken upon himself a tremendous task. A task that no one else could possibly fulfill. What was that? Well, the Son of God took upon himself our form and our nature. What does that mean? It means he became just like us. He became just like us. If he was walking on Buchanan Street today, he would not stand out. He would just be like any other man. But he was God in the flesh. And he came to undertake a task. What was that task? That task was to live a perfect life. Now you might think, well, there's nothing extraordinary about that. Well, friends, that's not the case. It is entirely extraordinary because none of us can live a perfect life. None of us. No man has ever lived a perfect life apart from Jesus Christ himself. You see, he took our form and he took our nature. That's true. But he wasn't conceived by ordinary generation. He was conceived by a miraculous operation of God the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And this was to ensure that he did not have any original sin. Had he been born or had he been conceived by ordinary generation, the way that you and I have been conceived, he would have inherited original sin. He would have been a sinner just like you and me. 
and he would need a saviour just like you and me but he was conceived by the Holy Spirit mysterious I'm not going to try to explain it to you you simply have to believe it but his life demonstrated that he truly lived a sinless life because at the end of it when people were seeking to condemn him his enemies recognized that he never sinned Pilate Pontius Pilate on three occasions said I find no fault in this man Judas his disciple who betrayed him he said I have betrayed innocent blood he recognized that Jesus Christ was sinless and the devil had no hold in him at all Christ is the only one that ever lived a sinless life now that's important why because he was then able to offer up a perfect sacrifice oh I'm glad you find it funny I'm glad you find it funny but you know what we're talking about here is vitally important and it will be important for every single individual why so because the day will come when we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ yes friends we shall for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men that's why we come out that's why we leave the comfort of our homes and we leave the security of our pulpits and we come out from our studies and we seek to tell you even for a few moments as you pass by something about the Lord Jesus Christ that you might put your faith and hope and trust upon him because the Bible tells us we are and as Paul says in Romans chapter 10 let me try to find it and read it for you Romans chapter 10 how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher how shall they hear without a preacher and what are they to hear from the preacher they're not to hear from the preacher about politics they're not to hear from the preacher about philosophy or about economics or about social subjects what they're to hear from the preacher is concerning the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ that they might be able to put their faith and hope and trust upon him that's what they are to hear 
And as Paul rightly says, how can they possibly put their faith and hope and trust upon someone they've never heard about? And I believe today, friends, that in this day and generation that we're living in, there is so much ignorance concerning the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is so much ignorance. Many people have heard about Jesus. Good for you, sir. Good for you. Me too. Good for you. Many people have heard the name. And sadly, many people blaspheme the name of the Lord Jesus. But friends, His name is precious. And you are to put your faith and hope and trust upon Him. But you'll never do that unless you know the reason why. Well, the reason is clear. The Bible tells us we're all sinners. There is none righteous, no, not one. For there is no difference for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And Paul goes on to say again in chapter 6 of Romans 23, For the wages of sin is death. Wow! That's a terrible thing to say, is it not? But it's true. The wages of sin is death. That's what the sinner can expect. That's his wages. We all like to get our wages if we're people who are working. We look forward to that day when the money pops into the bank. Maybe we get a check. Some of us maybe get cash. Most people nowadays, when they get paid, the money goes direct into their banks and they look forward to that time when their wages are in the bank and then they can spend their money well sin has wages the wages of sin is death that's why there is death in this world today there would be no death if there was no sin there would be no death if there was no sin that's why we have death. That's why we have suffering. That's why all these bad things happen to, to us in this world. It's because of sin. Yes, sir, it is. It, that's what happens. And you must know this. The wages of sin is death. It's not just physical death. It's spiritual death. And ultimately, it is eternal death. What's eternal death, you may ask? And indeed you should ask. Well, eternal death is hell itself. Eternal death is to be separated. No, no. Yes, yes. Sorry, but it's true. That's what we have in the Word of God. But you know, there's a way of escape. There's a way of escape. Eternal death is to be separated from the gracious presence of God forever. What do you say, sir? I can't hear what you said. Eternal death. That's what sin will give. That's its wages. And that is to be separated from the gracious presence of God forever and forever. But you know that verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 23? For the wages of sin is death. He goes on to say, 
but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There in that one verse we have our predicament outlined and we have the solution. The predicament is that our sinful lives will lead to death. It will lead to eternal death. It will lead to eternal separation from God. But God has provided a way whereby we might be saved. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And there, friends, do you see what's before us? Do you see what's before us in the gospel? No wonder we must come out and tell this message to all our fellow human beings. You must know this message and you must know the person of this message. You must come to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You must have him as your Lord and as your Savior. For the wages of sin is death. That's a very solemn thing, is it not? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a gift. This is what God gives us. We cannot earn it. We cannot work for it. If we work today, we work and we get our wages. We earned it. We deserve it. But the gift that God gives to us, we do not deserve. It's a free gift. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, and not by works, so that no man may boast. And this is what we want to draw to your attention this afternoon in Buchanan Street in Glasgow City Centre. We want to tell you, friends, there's a better way. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to ask you then, have you received this gift? Or maybe you want to ask me, how do I receive this gift? What must I do? Do I need to give my money to the church? Do I need to cut myself? Do I need to do certain things, penance or whatever? No. What you must do, you must go to Jesus Christ. You must call upon him. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a glorious promise from the word of God this afternoon. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me ask you then. Have you called upon the name of the Lord? How do I call upon the name of the Lord? Is what must I do? Friends, you just must simply call out. You must repent and believe the gospel. What does repent mean? Repent means to turn from your old ways and walk in a new way. That's what it means. It means to turn your back upon your sins. It means to have a new grasp, a new understanding of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are to repent of all your sin. And you are to believe upon Jesus Christ. Who is the Lamb of God. That taketh away the sin of the world. 
Repent then. Believe the gospel. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. The devil will tell you tomorrow. But the word of God says today, we are to seek the Lord whilst he may be found. We are to call upon him while he is near. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We're going to take a short break, but may God bless his word to you this afternoon. <laughs>